Yes, good, 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 good. Training going well this week? A good week? Yeah, it's, it's going okay. We just have an easy startup, uh, making sure everybody is healthy and ready to go when we go uh, training camp in April. Okay. So we hope Turkey, to get, like, isn't it? Yeah, to be like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great place. It's a great place. Mm. And then we hope to get like three uh, solid weeks in. And then after that, it's probably World Relays. So just getting ready for that. Wow. A lot of exciting Amazing. stuff on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Were you involved in... Uh, I know the 400 runners were doing something like five times 500 the other day. Were oh, you no, 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 no. <laughs> Way too long. If we do endurance, it's like maybe 250 max but i rarely go further than 200 in training wow (laughs) yeah like that is like i guess the philosophy of the coaches like we we tend to do more like speed work year round so instead of doing long tempos we usually go for like like eight times 90 and then with 30 fly-ins so you do 30 30 let go 30 and then like keep the pace a little slow but like every time we train we try to keep the rhythm and the positions the same as for the sprint and not do too much long work where you tend to like have really long strides like heels going all the way to the butt so we do more of the endurance stuff on the bike uh, like once a week, nothing special. That's really nice. <laughs> I know a lot of sprinters that have to do long work, 400s, 450s, 350s, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably it will work for you if, if like your body type is more of a 100, 200 runner. But especially for me, when you're more like a 60, 100 guy, like for the 100, you don't need too much speed endurance it's important mm. but it's like mm, it's more technical powerful keeping that like that explosiveness in the body and the more slow long runs you do the more it tends to slip away from you so yeah is it is the training still hard is it still very strenuous or is it sort of um yeah it, What's, this 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 time around the year it's mostly aimed at keeping the body healthy and fit and preparing for three weeks of hard work so when once we go to turkey probably it will get a lot harder and now most of the time in the gym is just we're not aiming for prs we're not aiming for big numbers it's just like getting into getting in the reps getting in the work getting the body 
after competition phase used to putting in some more effort because when you're doing competitions most of the time the weight is mm, it's high but it's only like one reps one rep one rep maybe two reps so we're just aiming to get the body back to like four times five five times four that kinds of numbers and in running sessions it's the same it's like taking the speed a little bit out of it increasing the number of runs but nothing too special at this time mm. you tend to do any sort of testing where you kind of do maybe like 100 or 200 or 150 full out reps that sort of thing targeting timed or yeah that, anything that, like that yeah that's what we're for sure gonna do once we're at training camp um and we do a lot of uh have you ever worked with with an opto jump no no what is it's that? like they have like um yeah, how do you call it they have like plates that they put on the lines of the track and inside those planes are uh light sensors so they have them at uh at both of the lanes so when you run through them you like break up the light when you touch the floor and mm. they can like, measure your stride length, your stride frequency, your ground contact times, all that kind of stuff. So every time we do like a big session, we try to do it through the opto jump. So we have like all the numbers ready um, to see if you get quicker, to see if you like, when you focus on stride length, if it actually makes you faster or only increasing the stride length, but actually moving slower or when you think about strike frequency if you're still moving down the track so that's that's what we use most for testing um, and that's also what's going to be uh, what we're going to take to Belek so then we have numbers like year round and uh, yeah that kind of helps us to see if you're on the right pace uh, to make the championship to run fast etc you see how like now you have the obviously access to technology and you've been training at, with, with a lot of more, you know, you've been benefiting from a lot of technology, like a lot of the tech used in athletics. Was that the case growing up or did you like suddenly start seeing that as of recently? Like um, for me, it, it was all new when I came to the National Training Center because I believe it's quite expensive stuff. So not, not a lot of training groups ha have it. Yeah. So that was the first time I, I got in touch with it. But I have the feeling that, that in the beginning, we used it like maybe once a month, maybe like only during competition season. And now it's like really hardwired into the program. Mm. And they change a lot in the schedule um, when you produce certain numbers. For example, um, uh, sometimes instead of doing 90s, they change this to 95 meters because they want you to focus on putting the work in for an extra five meters because they see you always lose it at a certain point in the race. So it's getting more and more important to like take those numbers and actually use them to um, like change up some yeah. kind of areas in the training program. That's awesome, yeah. That's awesome. 
in your sort of normal personal life outside of athletics do your friends and sort of people do they know what you do do they have a good understanding of it like and in the say you have sort of friends that like to go out clubbing party and things like that have you ever had situations where you've had to be like oh no guys I can't do this I can't do that or do you also indulge in, in other things as well well I'm, I'm, I'm quite fortunate that like most of my main friend group is from uh, from athletics so they're kind of like in the same uh, same shape and also a lot of other of my friends for example from when I went to school uh, I went on school at the national training center so my whole class was filled with athletes from different sports so like everybody knows the situation that you're in um, and of course I still have some friends from like back in the day but I, I actually see or speak to them mostly in like the off season because they uh, rather they also have school um, so they're busy with that when I'm training and um, most of the times when they have holidays like it kind of matches with the program that I have like rest as well so then I see them and sometimes like go to the club with them or go to the restaurants with them. But most of the time I'm like in my own little bubble with other athletes, which makes life a lot easier um, to not always have to say no because nobody really asks like the questions like, do you want to go clubbing or want to go drinking or something like that? Mm. Okay. That's actually sort of really interesting. And what is... um. I've only been to Holland once. What what is it like if you could describe it? Is it um because if I'll compare it here, so, so the the go-to thing to do for people my age is sort of to go out clubbing, drinking, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like they they love it. Yeah. Um some people do their smoking and drugs and that you'll see a lot of that. I know Holland is known for having lots of weed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's and, legal um, actually. Right so yes, and yeah. um some district is it the red light districts is yep. in Holland yeah, also yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's a weird place so, yeah so what's it <laughs> like the least. I, when I went <laughs> when I went I didn't see any of this stuff so yeah. could you just shed some light on sort of what is it like living there what is it like yeah it like it it really depends like in which area you are in and like I feel like all of the the main cities like everybody loves to go out partying and clubbing. And especially when you go to college, like it's a really big part of you being a student there, like having the parties, organizing the parties, drinking like every weekend is actually crazy. And the more you are like close to yeah, the, the really big cities, like what you're saying, like, alcohol and drugs is, is a big part of a lot of people's life like I, I feel like here in the Netherlands is like very common to uh, to, to want to try everything so when somebody offers you like a certain drug or to go to a party or go to a festival or go do something crazy most of the people tend to say yes and then regret it after instead of thinking beforehand that's like how the culture is a little bit but that's also like 
yeah it uh, it's it's hard because i know a lot of I, I know a lot of people that like really are into the the party life so that's like what what i just explained but because i'm like in the sporting side as well i also know a lot of people that just live their lives and like have nothing to do with drugs or alcohol so it's very split but for sure at a young age for example like my friends when i was like 14 15 were already drinking and smoking weed and it's like a very normal thing around like it's not weird when you see people like smoking weed in between lunch breaks at school for example wow it's not it's not allowed but like <laughs> wow people don't that was really a care big risk in, in in the uk as a big risk in schools in the uk massive risk i i feel like i feel like dutch people have the feeling they can get away with a lot because <laughs> most of the time they they can because yeah. there's there's not much that of course you can commit crimes and stuff and that's like highly illegal but there's like a lot of things you can there is for sure an opportunity to try everything without getting in trouble for it and people know that and people like use that in their lives (coughs) wow that's that's really that's really interesting in terms of the food what kind of stuff do you guys have i'm just trying to understand the culture a bit better i really don't know as much as i probably should about holland i know more about other european countries but I think like like Holland is like one of the most mixed countries in Europe. Like if I if I went on a food delivery side right now, I can get everything from Chinese to sushi to burgers to Indian food to uh, Swedish Scandinavian food. Like I, I think. I think there will be not much that you can name that I can't order to my door right now. And that's like, like, and that's food wise, that's drinking wise, but also culture wise, like, like we have the, we have like for every religion, every belief, there's like a very easy way to find it somewhere in your neighborhood. And I think like, that's, that's the beauty of Holland. And that also yeah. like kind of blends in well with it, it's actually you can try and be anything you want. That's and amazing, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's possibilities, like so much possibilities, but it also confuses, confuses a lot of people. Like it's hard enough to find out who you are as it is. And yeah. then when, when you have like the choice of everything that's available in the world almost it's like yeah. so much choice so much choice so would you say holland is quite culturally accepted is it because it seems like you can pretty much do whatever you want find whatever you want go whatever path you have you would want to go to is it quite easy finding a job making money um finding like a relationship finding people with similar views because it, it's not quite as easy here in the UK, would you uh, agree, Josh, in terms of those capacities in to an extent? Like in terms of in terms of like um 
okay, when you're young, you can find a job relatively easy, depending, because of COVID, it's been a lot harder. Everyone's been yeah. snapping up jobs. Yeah, um, but they make it easy to get a job when you're young here. So you'll see a lot of young people working. Um, relationships is another thing. Like, um, you see them, but but they don't particularly last, especially at my age. You see them coming yeah, in, breaking up. That's I, the same here. That's very materialistic. Same. I think this, it's, a gener- it's a universally generational thing. Like, relationships are a very much common thing that they don't last long. At our age, yeah, and, and yeah. over here it's more about like how much money you have, the stuff that you have, yeah. the shoes it's, you wear, the car getting, you drive. Yeah, it's, it's getting way more important here as well. You you see, like, like when I was in school, everybody just you wear your jeans and your shirt and mm. normal. And now my little brother, he's eight years younger than me, and when now when he's in school, people are already rocking. Gucci bag, <laughs> iPhone 12s and stuff. Oh, no. It's it's getting crazy. It's getting really yeah. crazy. Yeah, I think that's it's kind of shifting. It's it's coming. I have the feeling it's coming a little bit from the US to Europe. Yeah, yeah, both but, UK and the US. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> but in at la yeah, how do you say it? Like, it's very easy to like be who you are. But also, people here are really shallow, so they mm. can like act like they fully accept who you are, and then behind your back talk only shit about you. Yeah. So, like, yeah. like when when you see Holland, uh, for example, in on the TV in documentaries or something, they can make it seem like, oh, everything you ever wanted is here. You can do this, you can do that. But if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do it. But there's a lot of backstabbing going on and like i think it's like everywhere around the world like people will always disagree with each other and because the people in the netherlands feel free to do and say whatever they want they will let you know so you can be what you want but there will all always be groups of people who will tell you in your face or behind your back that they don't agree with it yeah, because they have the yeah. feeling like I'm in a frequent country, I can say whatever I want. Mm. And that, yeah, it, it makes it, yeah. yeah, it makes it a bit hard to be who you are sometimes. But also you, you will have the chance to, to try. Okay. Awesome. I've got a double header here. So is there a lot of ethnic minorities in Holland? And if so, how are they treated? Is there any indifference? And what is the response by the the ethnic majors to the ethnic minorities? Um, ooh, that's a hard question. Like to your I, knowledge, I know that's kind of difficult. Yeah. But... Like, I have the feeling like there will always be minorities in the world and people who feel like they are a minority. Mm. And I have the feeling, like I was saying before, that on in in one hand. A lot of people like stick their head out for the minorities and try to make like everything more even, every give everybody the same chances. But there will all it, it will always be harder for some people to get a job or get into college or fix certain things in life. Um, I think that's no not different to other countries in the world. Um, and and you really have like two big waves for example like 
when um, a couple of weeks ago there were all the um, protests of the Black Lives Matter. Like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, or a couple of months ago. Uh, my oh, my time okay. is a bit. But, <laughs> but you, you, the the Netherlands were really like split. Like there were there there were like almost no people who were like not saying what their opinion was. You really had like a big group of people who went into into the street protesting in favor and a big group like protesting against it and there's not much really in the middle yeah and that's like that's like how holland always is nobody will like take a step step back and be like okay maybe it's smart if i don't speak out loud when i don't know nothing about situation Mm -hmm. everybody wants to say their opinion if it's like a, a like a good one or not like you can't really have a good opinion but like um how do you say it Lots of people speak their minds without um, having the facts to like build on the statement that they make. Yeah, and that that's really Dutch. Like when you ask something like, "What's your opinion about this?" Even though even though they know nothing about the subject, (laughs) they're gonna be like, "Yeah, this is my opinion, man. This is my opinion." And if it's different from you, I'm gonna make a real statement about it. Yeah, and that's like so. You mean to tell me that it was a split between people that didn't, that they were actively like coming out and saying that, oh, I don't agree with Black Lives Matter, like actively yeah. going out of their way to. It happens give that in more than Holland. It happened across Europe, yeah. bro. There was like Germany. It was yeah. in Germany as well. Like it was in France. I don't, I, typical Dutch people, like they they always have the need to say something about <laughs> something, and it's like, do you know what's really crazy annoying. about this? You know, it's in, really like, annoying. It is the opposite here in the UK. Like, people, there'll be so much stuff going on. People will post it on social media, but you can't get anyone to actively speak on it and give an opinion and yeah, actually no. say people something. They'll post back. it. People here do. They exactly step back. Yeah, no one says back. anything. Like, you'll, back, you'll question, yeah. them on, question them on it and they'll be like, oh, I just reposted it because blah, blah, yeah. blah. In the Netherlands, it, it can be the case, like, if someone from a minority doesn't get a job, because of the reason that they are a minority, people will stand up and say, yeah, but that's logical, right? Because this and this and this. They, they will not back. They will not back off. Wow. And that's like, and that's the weird thing because in, in one way, it's good to live in a country where people have the idea that they can speak their minds but most of the time they really really cross the line and then like it's really hard for example for the police or the government to like act on it because everybody always says yes but in the law it says i can speak my mind freely whatever i want and they always like come back to that statement but on the other hand like they also don't want to change that rule of society that everybody can be and say what they want to be and what they want to say it's it's very complicated because yeah because there are there are many subjects where it's a good thing that both sides of the story get hurt yeah but some in some like uh in some things there really isn't two sides of a story 
some things are just it's one side of a story that needs to be told and the mm. other side isn't really a side but it's more like people just want to disagree mm. and that's and, and that's a, that's a weird thing wow isn't that like really you, annoying like you can't really opinions. disagree with facts but they yeah. try as well they yeah. still try yeah so this then is so when covid hit what was people's reaction did people listen to the guidelines like when people um, i guess you were put into a lockdown and they said you can't do (laughs) no one listened no (laughs) okay no people people are too stubborn like they were like i'm not kidding there were people like when when they told everybody to stay inside and don't go out and don't socialize and stuff there were people who were throwing corona parties with the main purpose of getting as many people as they can in one place as like a big cue to the government that that's how the netherlands is wow <laughs> <laughs> so it's essentially it's, it's quite a rebellious country yeah but but that's the thing like if somebody says says to you you can't do or can't say this people feel like so people have such the feeling that their freedom is taken away that they will do the exact opposite even though they they know it's not smart and even though they they know they're not right just because they can they will wow that's crazy i've never i've never i've never found holland as that kind of country (laughs) I've always thought of it as like a calm I, I, country, always a. Always but that's the thing. The like when when they picture it through online and videos yeah, and documentaries media. and stuff, yeah. they they act like oh, it's the place you can be yeah. whatever you want to be, and everybody will accept you with arms wide open. But <laughs> but it isn't. That's like the UK. To be fair, like everyone, yeah. you think of the UK, you think the Queen. Big Ben, all the big sort yeah, of like a big tourist big destination. You think yeah. it's all nice and posh and everything. It's not like that. It's not like that was, at all. I was You've got a fair shocked. few racists. To UK, like, I, I also had like the vision of, I went to London and I was like, okay, this is like, this is the big city. Everything is like nice and clean and mm-hmm. organized. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, man. I almost <laughs> died like six times there. <laughs> it is in it, <laughs> London is such a. It depends where you go because it's so broad. Mm-hmm. I'm not massively keen on London, even though I was I was born in that area, but I didn't spend loads of time there. I was very young. Um, I find it too hustle and bustle for me. Like getting in yeah. there and getting out. It's 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 accessible in terms of you've got a lot of train lines and train systems, and it's efficient, but it's quick. Everything in London is fast paced. If you're going to work, you'll get the train. I've seen it sometimes. I've seen that you'll go in and get a Starbucks or coffee. The line is absolutely ridiculous in the morning, like trying to get a coffee from them places. It's absolutely ridiculous. You have to get there as soon as it wakes up. And you're trying to get on the train. And the underground, you have three and a half to five seconds to get in and get out. If the doors close on you, the doors close on you. Obviously, there's a button to stop it, but Mm -hmm. the doors will close on you. It's it's so fast-paced. Everyone's going, 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 going. And everyone's just sort of in their own world. And then you have the different places. Like we live um, in, a ta- in a county because we, we, they, they break things up into counties. We live in a county called Hertfordshire. It's um, close to London. We're not, we're not too far away from it. But it's a, again, it's a different kind of culture. It's less hustle and bustle. Everyone's still going about their business. But 
it's, it's just different. And as you learn, it's the country isn't exactly what you would expect it to be. Like you said, people, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have opinions, but no one says anything. No one wants to offend anyone. Everyone has different views per se, but they're not necessarily want to air them. Uh, we have a lot of people over here. I don't know if you have it in Holland, because I don't know of any Dutch, like, major celebrities or musical artists, which is something that confuses me, because I know most of the Dutch guys, like, they mainly focus on Dutch. Mm. They won't, like, try English, try yeah. to sing in English, try to act in English. Yeah, true. So that already makes it hard to, like, get known in the world. Mm. There are a couple... A, a couple of artists and a couple of actors who made it like a bit made it but <laughs> yeah. yeah they're not the big names for example there's one guy from holland he's like 2.2 meters and he's a beast and he plays marvel villains in marvel movies but nobody really knows who he is because he all, always gets cgi'd but oh, who is it? I, I love Marvel. I might know who it is. Who is they, it? They, they call him the Dutch giant. I don't, I, I will search his real name. Wait, um, yeah, 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 who? You just oh, have to Olivia Richter's. He's actually... Oh, he's in Marvel. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Look, look how big this guy is. Like, he is huge. Look he's... at him. Yeah, he's massive. Oh, he's in Black Widow in a minor yeah. role. Yeah, he, he doesn't play big roles. They only cast him because he's huge. But <laughs> we, we have that kind of people. Like, nobody really knows them, but they do. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Because most countries... No, I'd say majority of the countries have their fair few amount of superstars. Obviously, USA, because it's huge. They have loads, but... Mm. Why do you think that Holland is such a sort of off-the-radar kind of place? Is it to do with the people or the way that I, you guys use social media? Because social media is obviously huge. I, 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 th I think it's a combination of um, people really embracing the Dutch culture. And the Dutch culture is a little bit strange to understand when you're not from here. So... They, they never really have that breakthrough moment because they're not that mainstream. Mm -hmm. I think that's one part of it. And I think the other part of it, it's like people in Holland, like they, it's weird to say, but they're happy quite fast, if you know what I mean. Like, for example, a Dutch artist, if he gets like huge streams for in a, like a Dutch perspective, they just like okay it's good i don't have to change it to english i don't have to like promote it in the states i don't have to promote it in england just let me be me here make some money and get out of the scene quick yeah wow because we have like yeah. like loads of like dutch rappers who are a bit like i'm not a big fan of dutch rap but yeah. i can hear that it's, it's not bad but like it doesn't make sense to listen to when you don't understand the words. It's like <laughs> it, it's not good because of the beats, but it's quite a lyrical vibe, but not yep. like not lyrical geniuses, but it's like fun to listen to when you're Dutch, because then there's like meanings behind the words, you know. But they don't yeah. really put much effort in it to like make it in a way that everybody could understand. Yeah. So then they also have not much room to grow. Yeah. Right.
I found out the same with um I think because I think the Dutch rapper friend he released a song with a, a UK group and because normally he, he mm-hmm. normally he raps in Dutch but this song he kind of mm-hmm. like he sold out to rapping to rap in English just to like get more fun, yeah. get more streams and as a result he got like a million streams from it yeah the same with there's the actually another guy there's another guy who paid Tory Lanez to be a future on his song wow it worked a bit but like even in that case they paid Tory Lanez to be on the song but then Tory Lanez as part is English and they still rap in Dutch okay. so they listen to it and they understand what Tory is singing but, not, but the rest of the yeah. song doesn't make sense yeah, yeah. so then like you have a huge audience who hears your song and like I don't know what the fuck you're saying <laughs> wow that is I think I that... think the only Dutch people who like are famous are footballers and speed skaters because that's yeah. the only thing we can like do quite good especially the ice skating like we dominate ice skating like there are lots of people who know loads of ice skaters from the netherlands because oh wow we almost always win but over here in the uk most females want to be an influencer so it's where you sort of you're relatively attractive or whatever and you'll make tiktoks and you'll mm-hmm. post pictures on instagram and get loads of likes and loads of followers and yeah. you call yourself an influencer or something josh mm-hmm. is smiling because he knows because he knows I don't, he doesn't like think, it yeah i, I think mean, it's a lot of nonsense I, I hate it i think it's yeah. a load of rubbish you're getting pet i'm not even gonna get into it we'll be here all day but um that's how <laughs> a lot of people get stardom here it's a very mm-hmm. very common um oh, thing sure. over here you yeah. so common is that not as common in in holland it is, it is, but I feel like there's there's a lot of, like, I don't want to call it competition, but I'm going to call it competition. There's a lot of competition when you want to be an influencer, mm-hmm. and I think, and and I think it's hard to understand where you, when you're from an England-speaking country, that when you are, you're already one zero ahead of the rest of the world, yeah. because, like, the whole reason people like the influencing thing works because there are millions of horny old men who wants to talk to them <laughs> yeah but, but it is what it is but then yeah if they if you can't communicate with your audience yeah you're already behind and mm. and there just are a lot of lot of dutch people who are like there are dutch people aren't especially the smartest people so there are a lot of people who don't speak English or don't, don't speak English very well. So then it's already hard to put yourself on the map in a category where so many people try. And that's, that's like the big thing. It's hard to make a song in English when you're not English. We'll have to conform to the English standard or like trying to become a lot more of a global sensation yeah. by moving towards english instead of them being true to themselves and you know repping their their dutch culture i th- i think english or spanish or or other languages that like are widely accepted in the world mm. it it makes life easier i really yeah, think i guess because yeah. like if you want a big audience you have to make sure that you find a way that the whole audience knows what you're doing, who you are, where you're from, what what it is that you are doing, and then it's easy if everybody can understand. Mm. 
Like for for example, if if I didn't speak English, I would have not been able to do like this podcast, and and then you can make the connection to the UK audience. Yeah. But if a Spanish podcast asks me, I can't speak Spanish. I can do that. We can try to do it in English. It probably will work. But like a Dutch podcast, only Dutch will listen to it. I can send you a podcast that I did a few weeks ago. Mm. You won't be able to understand the thing. So then yeah. what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I find it so crazy how English is taken over the entire world. It's become such a heavyweight sort of language. It's, it's so wildly accepted. It's like everyone wants to do English culture, not even just British, but like American mm-hmm. and the way that they do things. It's being taken over by the world. Everyone wants to do it. Everyone wants to captivate mm-hmm. that audience. I get it's bigger, but it's so but, sad but, that other cult- other cultures just get pushed down the ladder. And it's just like, yeah, but it's like this, this is one way and, and everyone just follows it. Yeah. But it, but it kind of makes sense because like the reason it's so big is because most of the people in the world can relate or understand because of the language barrier is taken away. Mm. Like for example, if you see somebody doing something or having their own style or way of moving through life, if you ask them like, okay, how do you do it? And they can't explain it to you. Like it doesn't make sense to try and adapt it into your own life. Yeah. And that's what makes English speaking people or the in American culture like easier to kind of adapt into your own world.